Hello, listeners, and welcome to U92's Feedback. We start the conversation, you finish it. This week, we're talking about WVU dining halls. There have been reports of raw chicken being served to guests, of dirty utensils, food stored at unsafe temperatures, and many other startling things to hear about in a kitchen. There's been a lot of talk about these stories recently. The Daily Ethanam has posted numerous stories about the topic and the issues that they're facing. It's been very prominent on social media. WVU Today sent out a response for the issue. I think these responses are valid. I mean, people that live in dining halls must purchase a campus dining plan, and the cheapest option is $2,400. Knowing that, it's understandable that there's been so much buzz around this. If you're paying that much and being served food from dirty utensils and ill-stored food, you'd feel kind of ripped off. That's why I sat down with General Manager of WVU's Dining Services, Evan Jacobson, to get a better handle on the situation. We talk about what might be the root of these issues and what they are doing to be better moving forward, as well as some of their future endeavors. And that interview will be up next. So first, I wanted to start off with how has this transition into like the Sodexo partnership been so far? I believe it's been three years. It has been an unbelievable ride. I think that's probably the most fair way to put it. (laughs) <laughs> I think anytime uh, you come into uh, a culture and a community such as the WVU one, it, it can be daunting. It can be challenging. There's so many people, so many moving pieces, so many employees, so many, you know, past practices that any kind of integration that there, there are bumps in the road and there's some challenges. And, you know, we're no different than any else or any other groups we certainly face those and you know we were really strengthening this partnership and strengthening our, our position in the community to really our goal since day one great food great service to provide a great dining experience for our students and for our community that want to come in and eat in our operations so any anytime you have a first year of that there are going to be just just some challenges so we worked through those we did some amazing renovations over the summer we did Cafe Evansdale, we did Hatfields, we looked at Chick-fil-A, we brought in some new brands. So, you know, things were moving in the right directions. We brought on some new executive chefs, we hired some managers. So things were really trending upwards, you know, and then that halt that the world saw with COVID. So that has presented unique challenges that, you know, I don't know if anyone in, in this industry in my line of business has seen before in terms of the magnitude. This was unprecedented. So it brought our team together. It allowed us to put our brains together and have that same mission and the same goal to ultimately take care of the students. So we did spend a lot of time uh, brainstorming how can we serve effectively in COVID, whether the kids are in quarantine, if they're in isolation, if they're coming into our operations, what does that look like? Um, so you know that <clears throat> also presented certain challenges. And you know, this year we've just been trying to get get back to a normal and figure out what a new normal looks like. And, you know, we've continued to do great renovation projects. We brought on a new Starbucks, a new market, a couple different grab and goes. We brought in a sushi restaurant. Panda Express is now here. The Crossings is now part of our dining portfolio. And, you know, we just put the I Love Juice Bar downstairs and we have the World of Wings coming, uh, hopefully next fall. So there's a lot of exciting things that are still happening that when there wasn't a big community base on campus, it was hard to show them all these exciting things. So we're really excited to get back to a place where we can open these things, we can have some parties, we can have some fun and really give those students the experience that 
or devoted to giving them. Thank you. Uh, that sort of leads me into my next question. How has COVID affected the dining halls in ways that you didn't expect that it would? Um, that's a great question. So, I, you know, I think I could probably go on for hours and, and almost a nauseam to this point. You know, I think it, it, it was, how do we effectively stay safe in terms of, of our team and then our guests? How do we keep everyone safe and then still provide a product that is acceptable to, to the customers? How do we still, uh, you know, find a way to give that experience and, and you know, Part of the cool, the coolest part of the job for me, honestly, has always been, I don't like sitting in an office all day. Uh, you know, it drives me nuts. I like getting up and interacting with people, whether it's our team members or whether it's students or some faculty. So facing that challenge, and I just kind of felt like uh, I was locked up a little bit. And I, I think some of our people felt that as well. You lose that human element. Similarly, during this COVID crisis, people have brought up into a lot of other things, such as uh, short staffing. Has that been an issue that the dining halls have been facing recently? Yes, absolutely. That, that has been, you know, a huge challenge. And I'm, I'm just so very thankful. I'm proud of the team members that we do have. Uh, you know, they continue to show up and, you know, put their best foot forward every day through the challenges. And it's not only short staffed, it's, you know, supply chain. So not having a product that is on a menu to cook, you know, I think outwardly that might not be as big of a deal sometimes to our guests because you know we can just change it our employees our team members take that stuff seriously so you know they feel like they're not being able to deliver what we want to give the students you know so that can be stressful in itself but the staffing it's starting to get better knock on wood you know we're seeing a little bit of an uptick but for sure that, that has been a huge challenge is there any sort of set way that you guys have to deal with that or are you hoping that it's just going to sort of remedy itself as time goes on and COVID lessens? Um, I think, you know, I think it's probably a little bit of a combination of the two. I think people will get, you know, what we call cabin fever and will want to start coming back to work. But through it all, you know, we've held multiple job fairs. We've raised our minimum wage. We've restructured our entire pay scale, you know, recruited chefs and managers. Uh, you know, a chef that just joined our team came here from San Diego. So we've been doing outreach nationwide. We've worked with Pace, a local group, bring some of their employees on. We've looked at how do we retain students? How do we attract students to want to work in our operations? And, you know, we currently have a few interns and a student manager. And, you know, he is working on a kind of a strategic initiative with us to how we can make this a place where students want to work. Because we do rely heavily on the student population to, you know, fill some of those roles in the retail operations and the resident dining halls. And we'll continue to do the job fairs and we'll continue to go to the baseball games and, you know, have cookouts and this could be a great platform. So I'm glad I'm having an opportunity to talk to you because this could be an awesome opportunity for us to kind of work with you and, and get the message out there. So, you know, we have a lot of hungry, passionate team members that we want those like-minded individuals joining our team. We want to be high functioning and we want this to be, the benchmark for, for campus dining across the country. So I feel like we should address a couple uh, dining hall issues that uh, the Daily Athenaeum has brought up and that people have been talking about recently, I believe. WVU Today had an article as of the 18th that briefly touched on that. Uh, well, first and foremost, and our goal is to have our operations be a safe environment and that 
no matter who you are, if you are a student, if you're someone from the community, if you're myself or, or anybody else on our team, if you're in our operations, you know that the facility itself is gonna be safe uh, from a physical safety standpoint. And also that the food you eat, you can trust that the ingredients are gonna be correct, that it's gonna be cooked correctly, that it's gonna be served correctly. Um, you know, so, so when these things happen, it's, it's so unfortunate and, you know, through it all, we've never been here to defend. We understand when, when mistakes happen, you know, and we, we really try to build a culture where, you know, mistakes happen, but not learning from them is unacceptable. So we really took a lot of time to reflect on what's been happening and different challenges and look, saw that as an opportunity to enhance and, and fine-tune some of our protocols and you know, some of that started with we just uh, hired a safety manager today and you know he has extensive military and just was working at Milan in their food service and also in their FDA um, safety so he has extensive experience and you know he's going to have a team underneath him that's going to be internally auditing and training and you know focusing on these things that are just so very important because that's just a vital piece. And each customer, each guest, each student is an individual. And every day our goal is to earn and keep that trust. And we understand that that trust is not just given to us. We need to earn that. And we're committed to that mission. Do you have any specific plans uh, aside from what you've already said to prevent issues like this from happening again? I believe one of the issues talked about was uncooked chicken. And I think you put out a statement saying that you have increased the training time for checking on the temperatures of foods. So typically we record temperatures every two hours into critical control point logs. So hot food, hot, cold food, cold. Not only do we now do it every 30 minutes, managers and supervisors have their own logs. The frontline team have their own logs. And then our safety team, they also have their own logs. So everyone is working in unison and using that to compare and contrast against the other logs. And then the station or the supervisor is gonna go around every 30 minutes and take a picture of the thermometer in the food so we know what the food item was. And then you can see the temperature and you'll, there'll be a timestamp. So you know what that does for us is if there is an incident that happens or a question of concern, we can now locate, you say, okay, you ate at Evansdale at 9.30 in the morning, this is what you had. We can then reference our logs and our pictures to say, okay, this looks like this was at this temperature, you know, here's how we log it. To be radically transparent is really the goal in that. So it's having multiple eyes, multiple hands, looking, recording, being engaged and being active. Um, you know, we've also worked with the EHS team with WVU and they're going to be coming through our operations and auditing, um, you know, every other week. And those findings will be on a dashboard on the dining website. We've upped our pre-service meetings and huddles. Weekly, we have uh, what we call meet the GMs or dine with the GMs. And so it's myself and the GM of resident dining and the GM of retail. You know, we just pick an operation for an hour or two hours and we just hang out and we answer questions. We just have conversation. If it's good, awesome. If it's not awesome, feedback is a gift for us. We'll, we'll take anything you have because really we just want to keep the conversation started. And at the end of the day, we're, we're all human and we stand by the goal that 
this is the student's program. And the more involvement and direct contact and engagement we can have with student body, we can really, really, really give exactly what they're looking for. If it's something, you know, we just met with a student, Rosemary, two weeks ago, and she wants a pudding bar and a crepe bar. Well, that's awesome. You know, and that's something that we can do. And that's something we can have fun with. Those are the type of things that really go a long way. And so that was kind of the idea is that we're here to listen to what you don't like in our operations, but we're also here to kind of brainstorm and innovate and do cool things that are going to take care of everybody. Thank you. Going off of that a little bit, according to the uh, Mon County health inspection logs, there are a few repeat issues. For instance, Hatfields, there were repeat infractions such as a broken coffee machine leaking into a food storage area. As of February 17th of this year, it has not been corrected. Do you know if there is a root cause for this? Uh, with that specific incident, you know, we did bring the company out to look at the machine. We brought facilities involved. You know, that, that just happened to be, there's a drain hose that wasn't directly going into the drain. So that was causing some spillage. And that unfortunately is what was causing it to leak. So every time there is an incident like that, we do a root cause from the starting point to the solution point. And we look at what steps were taken or what steps were missed. And, and through that, then we make alterations and we train to them. So when we do get the health reports and the inspections, the site managers review that with their on-site teams. They go through the violations. They go through, if there are any repeating, they go through, you know, things that were found that were corrected on site, you know, so really just focusing and heightening the awareness about what the inspection results are, and, you know, and, and sometimes wins come out of those because everything can be an opportunity and that's that's really what the chefs that are on the team the new safety team uh the on-site managers the frontline teams you know i've i've so much respect for how they're really embracing and and realizing that they they come here every day so a lot of the students and a lot of this team you know it, it i hate to use the word family but it can be you know, family oriented in that sense, because we, we are here a lot. We spend a lot of time together and we, we do care about each other and we care about, you know, everybody that we serve. Um, so, you know, that has been the great opportunity that we have found in all of this. One other thing I would like to touch on, just sort of get it out there for our listeners here. What are your cleanup policies uh, for behind the kitchen and uh, in the dining areas? Is there anything specifically that you try to hold yourself to? Uh, yeah. So in terms of, of over operational cleaning, we have cleaning checklists. We do certain deep cleaning projects weekly, some daily, uh, some are on an annual basis, some are on a biannual basis. So really it depends on the magnitude. So I think some areas where a hood cleaning is required, you know, semi-annually, we now have upped that um, just because of, of some locations such as Evansdale, there's a high volume of traffic, Hatfields, especially during that lunchtime. You know, we see a lot more traffic there. So, you know, we've analyzed what kind of PM maintenance we need to do. Um, we've also brought in Panhandle to do deep cleanings of our kitchens, uh, you know, after every semester. So that way we can pull out all the machines, you know, get to everything. And then, you know, it's just, it's a matter of having the checklist, having the daily checklist, the weekly checklist, and then holding, holding ourselves to that standard. Another question I had for you, the university partners with Sodexo, as we have sort of touched on, what would you say the split is of control of those dining halls? 
we have an incredible partnership with WVU. You know, they've been nothing but supportive in every initiative that we want to do. And so it's, it's really a collaborative effort. You know, I know sometimes that can just be, you know, quote unquote, the line that everybody will give you, but it truly is. You know, I speak to the representatives from WVU multiple times a day, seven days a week, sometimes late into the night, sometimes early in the morning. We're always just putting our heads together and trying to come up with solutions to serve the student base and then to serve our own team here. You know, we we're in this together and we have the same values and mission in terms of building this for the students. This is the students program. Thank you. A lot of this has been touched on in emails and in this interview. So aside from any of that, is there anything that the dining hall wants to like sort of strive to do going forward? This is something that if I could scream from the mountaintops, we want to engage and, and have the students involved. And we want our student body to feel that they have ownership of this program and that you know, if something is not what they're looking for or something is what they're looking for, I want it to be because the students are driving a lot of those decisions. Our team, we're professionals and, and we can come up with menus and cool events and, and things that we've done in the past and things that we're looking towards in terms of trends. But really, the student, this is, we're here for them. You know, we always say you know, the students eat here every day. So if you went to your favorite restaurant every day for 200 straight days, you're probably going to get tired of that same menu. And, you know, I eat here almost every day, so I can respect and understand that. So that's where I need to do a better job. And I think there's such a, a phenomenal opportunity for us to get the students involved and build an ambassadorship program and build a student dining committee where these decisions, the students can be a part of them. When we're thinking about new projects, new menus, new special events, let's have a, a huge student voice in that. You know, that's that's where I think we can do makes huge strides for the rest of this year and then moving forward. Last question I have for you. Is there anything else that you or the university or Sodexo in general would like to add? Anything that you haven't mentioned, any burning things that you're like, oh, I want to get in there right at the last second? You know, I think just we're so appreciative of, of how welcoming the community has been to us and how they understand as we go through these challenges and we are striving to get better. And, you know, the respect that I have for, for all of our team members that show up every day, you know, I, I couldn't do it without them. This team couldn't operate functionally without them. And then we also couldn't function without this community and the students. So, you know, I don't know if I can say it enough, but I'm just so grateful and thankful to be a part of a great team. And, and to be integrated in such a wonderful community. Welcome back. Once again, that interview was with General Manager of WVU's Dining Services, Evan Jacobson. Now, I think we talked about a lot of important things during that interview. We addressed some of the reasons that these things are happening and what they plan on doing in the future. And that's all well and good, but we can't pretend these things didn't happen. If you encounter a dining hall error such as this, you should report it immediately and tell them what happened and where. That way, they can try to nip that issue in the bud as quickly as possible. Nothing will change unless action is taken and you make them know that this is an issue that you care about. Once again, you have been listening to U92's Feedback. Feel free to tune into our parent station, 91.7 FM Morgantown, West Virginia. If you're out of our terrestrial reach, you can always listen to us at U92themoose.com. 
Our homepage can direct you to new exciting music and great podcasts, such as The Good, The Bad, and The Strange by Francis Egan. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Brett Dabransky. Catch you later.